So this is Interview with Jessica Lee, artist extraordinaire, artist and human extraordinaire. And I'll put this up here. So to begin, uh, why don't you talk to me about, we'll begin like an artist portion of it and then we'll go into more like human childhood personal Okay. So why don't you describe to me uh, your artistic view, what interests you in your art. Define it if you can. Artist statement? Yes. Perfect. (laughs) Um, I was just talking to Logan the other day about artist statements and how much I hate them because I feel like they define people so much or define they're they're just definitive yeah they're definitive little statements and I hate being defined so that's kind of my statement ah but but, um I think that the thing that especially like causes anxiety for me with artist statements is that I feel like they they live as their own little things and like they can't morph with me Mm. so if there was a way that I could like make an ever-changing statement that always like stayed around me and people always accessed that I feel much better about them yeah but as it is like you're gonna see like an artist statement in a brochure or hear an artist statement mm-hmm. on a podcast and at that moment at that time like that whoever listens to that or whoever hears it is gonna like attach that to the idea of me mm-hmm. and I that like gives me so much anxiety <laughs> but um that is to say that like a lot of things that I do are changing and always morphing, and that, like, flexibility really empowers me, I guess. Empowers. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess one thing that I could say about, like, a lot of the things that I do is, like, tied around whatever is happening in my life in some way. Like, that's a really big blanket statement. But, like, making, like, music videos with friends. Oh, my gosh. Are you going to get stuck? Did you get it? Those who are listening, Stacy just lost her little yellow ball, and Stacey. Jessica is nice enough to help her find it. Stacy the black dog. Where did it go?
found it. So I what I was saying. Um, well, let's start with another one. Okay. What did your artistic practice first start out being? Or when did you uh, start pursuing it? I think the first time I realized that I needed to like keep doing art was in high school. I was taking the honors art class with cool. Mr. Reese. And he was like, he like pulled me aside and was like, Jessica, I think that you should possibly think about pursuing art. And I was like, maybe. And at that time, like, being validated and like told what I should do was really important to me. Mm. So luckily he like kind of was on to something. Mm. <laughs> um, I thought that I was going to do medicine. And I still could, but I don't know. I was really intent on being a doctor, and um, I was like, sure, like, okay. And then the next year I took the AP art class, and then since then I was like, okay, no, I think I really am going to do this. And he was like that teacher mentor that like mm. totally pushed me into doing things that I didn't know were possible. Like, I just thought that I like made paintings and drawings and mm. like showed them at school and got them into art shows mm. and he like there's like a award that RISD has for students high school students but you have to be nominated in order to be in a contestant so mm. like students don't even know about it it's just teachers that are nominating their students and he entered me into that and I won it. Wow. So that was really nice. I was just like, wow, I didn't know that like there's anything bigger than this. And then um, in college I was really interested in printmaking and drawing and did a lot of printmaking. Like I love the process and the structure of printmaking. You got like these set steps that need to happen in order for an image to be made and within that structure there's room for variation and room for spontaneity and room for like unexpected things to happen but the structure and the system is really interesting to me and like how I can break that is really interesting to me um, and, and I also just love like being, you have to be like really detailed and meticulous too, um, within bounds. Like there's also room for like being messy and sloppy or whatever, but like I am an OCD person and love like being really systematic and like controlling over a thing. So. You feel like that as a child? <laughs> Um, definitely. Like, a lot of my... I'm the oldest kid. A lot mm -hmm. of my, um... Growing up was definitely orchestrating things for me and my siblings. How many do you have? I have four. Oh, okay. So there's five of us. Um. And my brother that's right after me is 
physically disabled. Mm-hmm. And so there's like a lot of like delegation that has to happen in order for things simple everyday things to happen to take care of him but also like when we're having fun like I'm like in charge of like okay this is what we're gonna do does anyone else have any ideas like I would just like facilitate things to happen so I think that a lot of that comes from that too and like I don't know why this maybe just is who I am, but like I always am like trying to understand the system of things too before I feel like comfortable to enter into it. So like if you think of like the earliest arts and crafts things you did, it was probably like preschool kindergarten stuff. Yeah. And I remember like always coloring within the lines. Mm. Always like painting by like painting by numbers mm-hmm. was my thing. Oh. I loved that so much, and like making making drawings on blank pieces of paper and just doodling. Not nah, like oh. like if I was gonna do that, it was something that I was like practicing. Oh, wow. Where I was like. There was a moment that I was, like, into these little cat characters that I'd made up, and I would just, like, draw them over and over, you know? It wasn't... I, if I had any imagination, it wasn't really showing in my job. <laughs> I was also into horses, so I would, like, draw different, like, different, um... Uh, breeds of horses too so it would be like these are the colors for these breeds (laughs) this is the patterns that these breeds have this is the body shapes that breeds like this have blah 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 you know wow so hey (laughs) she's like a snake I know you're interrupting doing the interview what's an interruption special guest Logan Holmes (laughs) Are you recording? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I sounded so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to join? Maybe I'll get some ice cream with tahini first. <laughs> okay. With tahini? It's so good. Do you like halva? You have halva? No. It's like a sesame. Do you want me to make sweet. some for you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm drinking this toasted barley tea. This is a day of first for me. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. I'll just do your interview. I'll go get some ice cream with them and bring it back to you. Do you want something? I'll have a bite of yours. Okay. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> That's a great character. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Has uh, your practice always been fun? No. Mm. <laughs> a lot of, like, art is for me is like I would say a lot of, a lot of it is like boring. Mm. It's not fun, it's not painful. It's just like meditation and like daydreaming and just like gazing, you know, just like 
blankly staring into whatever and just being just thinking about things thinking about stupid things thinking about like like logistics and a lot of it is just like searching for stuff online I'm like how do I make this happen um so boring is not the right word it's like a lot of it's indifferent I guess Indifferent. Like, it's neutral. Neutral? Yeah. Well, this is my next question. When is it fun? Um, it's fun when I get into the doing. Like, actually executing art, I feel like it's only 10% of the job ah. for me. A lot of, like, a lot of my process is like constellation-y where like I'm living life and having life experiences, reading this book, talking to this person, having this conversation, uh, having a traumatic or really awesome experience happen, thinking about that, talking to people about that, randomly like doing something that like reacts to that and then like having an idea and then like all of those things led to that idea and then actually executing it just takes like 10% more and then it's done you know or is it done you know (laughs) but like a lot of the fun is kind of spread out amongst all of that Mm -hmm. and I'd say a majority of it in regards to like art making is definitely in the 10% of like making it like creating the images making the audio like pulling pulling like all of the different materials together and crafting it so the black dollop is black sesame and then the tanner lighter one is white sesame that's tahini and we can just just ice cream yeah (laughs) it's like peanut butter but made with sesame seeds oh wow this is really good and then the black sesame is similar but it has sugar added wow (laughs) this is like a taste i've never tasted before yeah (sighs) mine's being blown like, it's slightly bitter, but nutty. And then, like, sticky. Very sticky. Mmm. Mm. I like it. Wow. Wow. <laughs> um, how have you dealt with fear in your process? Mmm... I feel like, okay, this might be like totally simplifying it, but I feel like it goes in a cycle Mm -hmm. where like I have an idea and I'm like super excited, I think it's the best thing in the whole world, slowly go on the path of like making it, talking to people, showing it, making it better, talking to people, showing it, whatever, and I get to a point where I'm like, Ugh, this is just, like, really stupid. What? 
what brought me to this. Why, why did I think this was a good idea? And, like, when it gets all the way down to there, that can be really scary. And mm. there's a lot of fear surrounding that. Fear of, like, have I been wasting my time? Am I, like, going to just make a complete fool of myself? Mm-hmm. Is, like, nobody even going to resonate with this? And is this just completely selfish? Mm. <laughs> mm. And I feel like... I generally just, like, talk with people and, and like, talk with myself and just, like, embrace it. Mm. And it almost always comes down to, like, no, Jessica, this is a really great idea. It might not be exactly what you envisioned, but, like, you've done so much good, like, awesome work to bring it to where it is. Mm-hmm. Go the last little bit, finish it, show it, or whatever, mm-hmm. perform it, and you're going to look back and it's going to be great. Mm. And a lot of that is definitely just, like, relying on a support group, being around friends that think you're cool, <laughs> <laughs> and not caring so much. Just, like, letting go. Um, and then another aspect of fear that I feel like I've faced in my work is, like, I guess it's, like, bigger picture fear of, like, making stuff that, again, is, like, oh, is this just really selfish? Is this a waste of time? Is this worth, like, pursuing? Mm -hmm. And I just think that when I've come to a moment of, like, stability, I have to remember those feelings. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm in a good place right now. How do I feel about art? How do I feel about music? Is it a good thing? Mm -hmm. If I can still feel positive about those things and feel like there's some good that comes from that, remember that for the times when I'm scared or, like, worried or depressed about it, Mm. you know? Um, And that doesn't happen that often for me. Just every once in a while. The fear or the... The fear, yeah. Mm. I feel like a lot of times I see art and music that are just okay or really bad, Mm -hmm. but the moments that I do see really awesome, amazing stuff, inspiring, thought-provoking, like, continually enriching, Mm -hmm. even though those are fewer and far between, those are so strong and impactful to me that they have a lot of carryover, you know? Um... Yeah, seeing other people's art, seeing, seeing people that you're inspired by, that is also really helpful for those hard, fearful moments right. in anyone's practice, I think. I feel like that's like a huge reason why anybody does it, too. It's because mm. we all inspire each other.
Um, what has aging done to your practice? Aging? Mm-hmm. Like getting older? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you feel in the maturity of your being comes a maturity in your art or the opposite? Or more, um, do you give yourself more room? Or maybe fear less? Or I would say, actually, that, like, Getting older makes me want to be more and more childlike mm. in my thinking and approach. Mm. And, like, I mean that in the sense of, like, attitude, mm -hmm. where I'm just always amazed at, like, little kids' ingenuity and curiosity and, like, and want that, not so much that I'm like gonna like try to make myself that, but like mm. I definitely aspire to that, and I'm like, yeah, really interested in things that feel like that to mm. me. Um, so yeah, I agree with that. That sort of uh, young confidence. Yeah, like, it doesn't really matter what this is. I just want to make it. Yeah, or it's not even, to me, I feel like it's not confidence, because as a child, you're not thinking, mm. like, self-awarely like that. Yeah. It's always adults that look at children that are like that, that, like, in comparison, in an adult perspective, it's like, oh, they're being confident. Yeah, but it's like, that on that. <laughs> really, they're just, like, pursuing what they're interested in, and, like, not caring about what people think, and, yeah. or, like, that... Even saying that, not caring about what people think, is putting it in the context of that when, like, they're not in that context. They're in a completely yeah. different arena yeah. where those things don't affect them. And that's, like, really beautiful to yeah. me. I agree. Oh, presence. What are your um, practical artistic goals? Mm, I guess... To not have any goals. Mm. <laughs> um, I, I think that like maybe the only goal, if I can call it that, is to just like make stuff that I feel happy about and that I feel like is true to me or mm -hmm. that I'm being true to myself. Mm -hmm. um, I used to be, like, in the mindset, again, like, back to, like, systematic structure, following a timeline, I used to be, like, okay, finish my undergrad, go to grad school, get, get some work out, get into galleries, mm -hmm. keep doing the gallery stuff until I can get into museums, you know, mm. like, that was, like, right. and if I can, like, teach on the side, be in a college art setting... That'd be awesome. Now I feel like I don't, I would, of course, like, I would, I want to and would love to show my work. I don't really want it to be in a gallery mm. system anymore. I'm not interested in, like, mixing 
economy and art, mm. I have a lot of things that I don't want to be mixed with money. Mm. I have a lot of like, I think that art should live outside of money and that that is what makes art so special and like while of course in a practical sense art needs money to be made I just don't see why we have to like charge people to, to view it or charge them to enjoy it mm. um, if it's gonna cost money as a responsible artist I'm gonna make that money doing something else mm. um, getting grants and residencies and stuff is awesome it seems like this weird like exception in in like economy and art where like things can be supported and things can be made that otherwise wouldn't have been made but there's still like a lot of expectations in that exist with the economy where it's like we received this or we gave this you received this what's the outcome what product mm. is being made what like and i just don't that's great and art, really great art can be made like that but i don't think that's necessary and i don't i don't see why that has to be the only way yeah um did i answer that question yeah totally <laughs> i forgot what it was um practical goals <laughs> <laughs> Which is sort of a ridiculous question. Um, what uh, artists inspire you? Hmm. No. I'm inspired by a lot of my friends hmm. first. I'm inspired by a lot of uh, people that aren't artists. Oh. I think that, like... I, I think that anyone that's really passionate in what they do and, like, fully commits to it is really inspiring mm. and is a sort of art or way of living art. Um, I really like... different practices that aren't quite exactly labeled as art, like oh. organizing and maintaining a museum, mm. or having a bakery that is like innovating the way that they make healthy things that are delicious to eat, you know, like that can be just as inspiring, especially when it's like, maybe this like gets into like different ideologies, but like, especially when it's like anything that like 
has some really great pure intentions yeah and it's like doing the best it can in a small way that impacts people around them in a great way like that's always very uplifting to me and like I feel like a lot of times I I just see like friends that are doing stuff DIY and that's the same like I can be just as inspired by them doing that as like a business mm. that a mom and pop's shop that's doing that you know yeah um and yeah I think that's I yeah mostly those and then of course there's like big artists I don't know how specific but like I don't know there's definitely a lot of people in that same vein that that kind of do that. Like, Franz Erhard Walter was, like, I was obsessed with him in college. He just, like, made a lot of really simple objects himself wow. that were little pivot points for social interactions. Huh. So, and there would be, like, instructions for each object. So he made, like, a simple canvas belt that was big enough to like go around your waist and then go around somebody else's waist and the instructions were to put the belts around your waist and for the other person to put it around their waist and stand far apart so that the canvas was really taut oh. and that's the piece oh. and it's like really simple and He's not telling you what you're, what like it's supposed to mean or anything, but like having people be a part of the piece and like just by setting up a situation for people to activate it, it's really inspiring to me. It's <laughs> cool. Um, and then there's all the people that we don't know still that are artists. I'm like inspired by the idea of women past and present that aren't recognized as artists that are living their lives and like trying to be like <laughs> Have you had lunch? Do you want to eat? I actually have had lunch. Should we get food together? Should we go out? Sure. I was thinking I'd cook something. Yeah, that'd be great. Cook up some big shenanigans. Master Chef right here. Logan home. Home? What? Logan home? I don't know what to cook. Um, I'll cook something. <laughs> <laughs> be a great piece somebody just just the smallest section of their face in a door yeah whispering <laughs> so good. trying to look around the room but only within that space <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, um, like, like, women that make art that are also living really great lives and touching people and raising kids and, like, having businesses and, like, things that either haven't come to the surface or aren't being talked about or, like, aren't being recognized as art. Mm. There's this lady that I was reading about the other day that uh, she would just, like, sing songs to her kids. And at one point, one of her friends was like, we should record these. And, like, they're just really simple little songs, but they're, like, so, they're so great. Like, they're just so beautiful. And, like, things like, yeah, things like that. Big or small, those are really morsels to chew on. <laughs> you gain inspiration from uh, when you daydream, what do you think about? Lately, I mostly just daydream about like how to make this living space better. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what I'm going to do with my newfound free time for the next little bit. Nice. Um, I've been thinking about this album that I'm trying to put together and like just trying to picture different images I want for the cover and I guess even more recently I've been daydreaming about different like ideas or ways that we can like create a bigger public community discussion space or activity that mm. doesn't involve the internet. Mm. Like I feel like I don't know any people that like support Trump and I've never really had a conversation with anyone besides like why are you voting for him mm -hmm. you know like some of a lot of my family members voted for him and it was like I didn't feel comfortable talking with them and sensed that they weren't very comfortable talking with me mm -hmm. and like having a space or an activity or a, an event that would, like, promote that, that's, like, ongoing and sustainable for local, small communities. Like, how how is it that we can, like, branch outside of our own circle of friends and viewpoints yeah. and, like, become familiar with other people's views and not just read about it online or hear about it on the radio? But, like, actually, like, face-to-face -face talk to somebody and, like, hear what their ideas are. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry I keep interrupting, but here's the truth. I'm absolutely unequipped to make lunch for all of us with the ingredients that I know of right now. But should we just wait for a while and get together? <laughs> yeah. I'm done. 
Just want to capture that moment <laughs> somehow. <laughs> like if there was like a picture or an icon that went with this interview, it would just be Logan's face in the door. <laughs> Maybe I'll have my camera ready for when he does it again. When you're bored, what do you do? Facebook and lots of people like try to interact with me and I don't <laughs> so I feel like in a way it's like kind of my duty to be good at Instagram mm. and even that I'm really bad at <laughs> um, so there's a lot of that and I want to like be better about I used to like even just, like, six months ago, I was really good at, like, carrying a book around with me mm. to read in the downtime, but I somehow lost that. I should pick that up again. Um, another thing I do when I'm bored is just, like, stare. I love... Staring. I love, like, just... Maybe it's not really staring. Just, like... Uh... What is it called? In, it's not meditating, either. <laughs> but in meditation, when you, like, kind of, like, look but not focus... Oh. What is that called? Soft focus? I gazing, like you're gazing. talking about? Is it gazing? You're staring into space? Yeah, I just stare into space. Oh. Kind of space out. Space. <laughs> <laughs> I also like people watching. Mm. Um, and if you like those things and do them, are you really bored? Mm. I feel like I'm... Wow. I don't even really know if I am bored very often. Maybe because I'm just so, like, neurotic and busy-minded. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember the last time I was bored. Hmm. Yeah. I make lists sometimes. Oh. Like, I find... Lately, I will, like, not that I'm bored when I'm socializing, but sometimes I'm drained. I mean, a lot of times. And while I'm socializing, while I'm, like, hanging out with people, I'll, like, just make a little list. Mm. Uh, last night, I made a list of puppet materials that I want to bring. Oh. Um, with, like, we're going to make with some kids and just like I don't know 
<laughs> really. What kind of puppets? <laughs> Just like hand puppets. Ooh. Yeah, like sock puppets. Oh. Awesome. Yeah. Do you have a history of making puppets? Or a background? Mm. Just a very, very amateur history. Mm. I've made a couple marionettes. Oh. But I didn't know what to do with them. <laughs> I just took pictures of them. <laughs> and I was trying to make a show about puppets with those marionettes. Because I was really obsessed with them for that hot second. But then it kind of like fizzled because um, it was instigated by like a possible like workshop I was going to do, but the workshop got canceled. So then I was like, uh, mm. I kind of I put it back on the shelf, but I should pick that up again. Like puppets are really interesting in terms of like, maybe that's what the public event should be. Like, mm. if people were talking to each other with puppets about really complicated issues, <laughs> maybe we could vent without, like, being mean to each other. Just mean to each other's puppets. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the movie What About Bob? I haven't seen it. Well, there's, it's like about a psych psychiatrist and his patient, but the psychiatrist, they also show his home life, and in his home life he made hand puppets out of all of his family, mm -hmm. and when they get in fights, he makes them, like, talk about it with the puppets. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I might have known that. Yeah, and, like, the whole history of, like, therapy with puppets and things like that is really fascinating. Yeah. Children and puppets, and how, mm -hmm. like, this whole, like... I don't know, children just touch things and it becomes magical, you know, mm -hmm. but like this whole separation of themselves, but it is with themselves kind of thing is really yeah. fascinating. And then like the whole like idea of animating something and bringing life to an object is just mm. really... There's a lot of potential there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, what artistic medium gives you the most comfort? Or non-artistic medium. Yeah. I guess I can only think of things in terms of like how often I do them. And I think more often than not like performance or like social social um <laughs> I'm forgetting the term. Uh, social practice. Like, just like, 
hosting a dinner party and like talking mm. about dumplings and like <laughs> having a lot of like discourse about what is authenticity while you're talking about dumplings and like talking to people about what their experience was growing up and their grandma making spaghetti meatballs and saying that like they had to be this certain way and things like that is like very second nature to me Mm -hmm. um and if it's (laughs) while socializing is draining to me like if there's like a purpose or like a game that I can put into it where it's like okay this is gonna be the art piece we're gonna host a dinner party teach people how to make dumplings talk about authenticity Mm. and like throw a system onto it like Mm -hmm. that's like really exciting to me that's a good idea wow Um, if you had, well, let me ask this question. Do you like to dance? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) If you, if you were given the opportunity to dance one last time on earth, is there a song that you would dance to? Oh... This is really hard. (laughs) Um, Can there be a playlist? Yeah. (laughs) If it's like a couple of songs that come to mind, if you can't choose just one, you can give a couple. The first one that came to mind is Whitney Houston's I Wanna Dance With Somebody. Um, The second one... Prince's, um, what's it called? Uh, crap, what's the song called? Is it called Purple Music? Oh, oh, the one that's, uh... Don't Need No Reefer? Yes. Don't Need No... I think that's Purple Music. Isn't it? <laughs> so. Just that's a good one. one. <laughs> Um, and then, any, any, um, Logan Hone original, I could dance to any of those. A Logan Hone jam? Yeah. Uh, alright, that's it for the artistic questions. The non-artistic questions. Getting juicy. What is the weirdest slash most unusual habit you have? Huh. I would have to say that... I don't know. I don't know. Actually, this maybe isn't even a habit. But, like, making and wearing slippers to wear in the house. Wow. Especially, like, even if it's carpeted, like, I just have to wear slippers. It is a habit. It's totally a habit. (laughs) And you make them? 
I've made a couple. Wow. Um, I have one that I found recently at the Mexican market. It's just one piece of rubber molded into one piece. It's kind of the same rubber foam stuff that, uh, uh, crap, what are those alligators you call? Crocs. Crocs. <laughs> same stuff that Crocs are made out of, but it's like just a simple slipper shape. Oh. It's great. I love it. It's <laughs> lavender colored. It's really cute. They look like, they t you, you see me wear them and I instantly turn into like domestic mom. <laughs> But like not just any like, like uh, immigrant domestic mom. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Uh, do you have a habit that you wouldn't do in front of anyone else? Mm. Not really. It's like I'm. Um, about my habits. What would you consider your greatest accomplishments? Hmm. My greatest accomplishments would be the friends that I have hmm. and the friends that think that I'm their friend. Mm. <laughs> like that last statement. <laughs> I mean, like, I hope that all my friends think that I'm their friend, that I'm not the only one that thinks that they're my friend. <laughs> like the two-way street. Yeah. Not a one-way. I don't like that. Um, is there a movie, um that you've seen that has influenced your life? I'd have to say it is The Gleaners and I by um sorry I'm so bad at names starts with an A she's a French filmmaker mm. and it's like a documentary slash video essay and she talks about the history of gleaning and how like making do with the world's detritus is like actually a beautiful like ritual and like something to make note of and she like goes from like ancient history perspective and like gleaning and the idea of gleaners mm. in the bible wow. and then like jumps to modern day gleaning people from like gypsies in France to like mm. urban punk youth in Germany and weirdo like people that are living on the fringes of like economic stability wow. um and goes back and forth between those things, um, like gleaning as just like a concept and overall like way of life, mm -hmm. and like the video footage goes like 
between random footage that she'll, she just like, <sighs> impulsively takes whenever she's traveling. So even, even the footage is gleaned from wow. like, extra stuff that she probably never uses. Wow. She just like, she's like, she's like a little child in that oh. way where like there's this beautiful shot where she's like driving in the car and she's like, Filming her fingers, like, catching cars along the road. <laughs> She's like this old woman who just, wow. like, has so much playful, innocent, or maybe not innocent, but, like, pure, like, curiosity and love of the world. And I think that that film has influenced me to the D, yeah. I'm still blanking on her name. <laughs> what about a book? Um. Hmm. If I were gonna put it down to just one book, I don't know. Recently, I read Censorship Now by Ian Spinonius, mm. and that's a really great book in general. Um, he's talking about how, like, enough of this, like, openness and, like, accepting of everything, we need to, like, censor things out. Censor advertisements mm. censor this like false economic crutch of like allowing people to get tips because tips in general are just like like pay people what mm. they're doing don't mm -hmm. don't have it be this thing that we like make ourselves feel good about because they can make as much money as they want wow um Censor Ikea, Apple, oh. censor anything that is, like, trying to take away agency from people, namely, like, big corporations. Mm. Um, yeah, and he, he talks a lot about, like, ideas of, modern ideas of, like, art practice, too, mm -hmm. and how... Like, it's kind of become so, like, systemized that, like, maybe we need to reconsider that, too, and censor things out of there. Um, talks about how artists are vampires. Mm. We're kind of, like, secretly seeking immortality. But, like, ironically, you have to be victim or bitten by another artist in order to get that immortality. Wow. And like you're sucking the life from something else in order to keep up yourself as a vampire, you know? Um, yeah, that that looks pretty great. Do you dream at night? Mm-hmm. What is your most memorable dream? Um <laughs> I don't memory so 
It'd probably be one of the most recent dreams I've had. That's cool. <laughs> um, right now, the most recent one, I recently learned that Stacy catches flies. She really likes it, too. Like? Yeah. Ugh. And she spits them out. <laughs> she, like, what? loves chasing after them. And then, like, gently spits them out, like, on the floor. And just leaves them there. Wow. And I think most of them are, de- are dead. I've only caught... I've only picked up two or three flies that mm-hmm. she's caught. <laughs> so I had this dream that she had caught, like, a dozen flies and, like, laid them on a, all in a row on the floor for me. <laughs> and I was like, that's so nice, Stacy. And I, like, picked them up. <laughs> Very positive dream. (laughs) With the tinge of, like, motherly concern that she was going to get some gross disease from having these flies in her mouth. Wow. All in a row. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um... What is the, uh, best meal you've ever had? Hmm. One of the best meals I've had was after I was living three months in Tonga, and the first day I spent in New Zealand, I was staying with the friend of a friend, and he was really nice and kind to like make us breakfast when we woke up and he made us toast with poached eggs and it was amazing and like I'm not saying that because Tongan food is horrible or anything it's also very simple Uh but like having eggs prepared like that and like uh, I don't know just like having really nice toast and butter was just so good I don't know (laughs) that's definitely like one of my most memorable meals too hmm give me an idea for any question memorable meal (laughs) Um, what are the items that you own that could tell the story of your life? Hmm. Slippers? I have slippers, <laughs> definitely. So um, cool. My toothbrush from my DNA. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> um... Maybe my friend's art Mm. that I just hang on to. They're really good in themselves, too. It's not the only reason I hold on to them. But, like, like, they would represent a lot of those friendships. And then also, like, uh... 
different like pieces of clothing. Mm. I don't know. I feel like I'm not generally defined by my clothing, but mm. I also am not a normal clothes consumer. Oh, in what way? I barely buy clothing firsthand mm. and like think that I get really I hate shopping but I get really excited about like searching through a thrift, sh- thrift store for like second hand clothes me too it's like very invigorating yeah. love the hunt the hunt <laughs> and I think that like Thinking of alternative economies is definitely a big part of who I am. Mm. So that would kind of represent that. Yeah, that's cool. Mm. What do you feel that you couldn't live without? Object-wise? Or anything. anything? Very broad question. think I don't think I could live without my loved ones and friends of course mm. but I also don't think I could live without like a basic regard for freedom mm. <laughs> um and respect for freedom, yeah. Um, living, I don't mean for this to be dramatic or anything, but like living in the household that I grew up in was definitely um, an impairment of freedom in a lot of ways. and. I can't imagine living like that again. Mm. Um, it's not like it's not like I was detrimentally altered by it, but it's it's definitely something I don't think anyone should have to live like live under. Mm. hobbies? My hobbies include cooking, <laughs> sewing, oh. um, cleaning. I love cleaning. Really? Yeah. If I don't have to do it, I really like it. <laughs> it's oh, very meditative. Interesting. And if you have to do it? If I have to do it, I can like work a little bit to get myself into a more meditative state, you know? Right. But like... It's optional. Yeah. Um... Very domestic, I know. Mm. <laughs> um... I love biking. Mm. And hiking. I like... playing with my doggy. <laughs> um... I love sleeping. 
That was definitely a hobby of mine. And I don't do this very much, but I need to do more of it, because I do love it. But reading and writing are definitely things that I enjoy pursuing more of. Um, what were your hobbies as a child? They were very similar. Maybe, like, a little bit more of a chore that sort of turned into a hobby was music, mm. playing the piano, mm. um, practicing, and, like, filling in time definitely was not a hobby. But it was not the hobby part, but like getting together with friends and making music. Mm. It's a lot of fun and it's definitely a hobby. Um, we also used to rock climb every Saturday and I was terrified of heights. Wow. <laughs> so it was very stressful to me, but now I think that that is fun. So, I don't know. It it may, it was a hobby by definition, but I didn't enjoy it. But now I do. Are you still afraid of heights? <laughs> oh, yeah. But I still like rock climbing. Oh, that's really cool. <laughs> and cliff jumping. What? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I like not being controlled by it. Oh. Still acknowledge that it's there. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Hmm. What is your relationship to technology? I think technology can be great. I definitely use it. I'm not a worshipper of it by any means. I think that the good and bad thing about technology is how time is affected by it. Mm. Um, and we're still learning about what the increased and decreased latency of time in effect affected by technology means and what that like does to human life. Um, and unfortunately, it just takes time to figure out what that is. So yeah. it's all about time. What is it? B? Ooh. A little bit of B. Celery. Smell the cucumber. Yeah. You got some spinach, you got some apples, you got some Granny Smith apples, you got some Fiji apples. Persimmon? No persimmons. Oh. You got a, mm. some celery. A little bit of beet. Very small amount of beet, actually. That makes it really red. Okay. It's great. Cheers. Wait, can you hold hold there? And, like, bring the door a little bit closer. What? Like, can you repose yourself so that, like, you're talking to me through the crack? Almost longer. I want to hang out with you guys. We're almost done. Thanks. Thanks, this is great. Alright.
This will be the last question. I need to end on a good one. Better be good. <laughs> well, should it be um, a deep question or should it be like. Because <laughs> <laughs> I do have a lot of deep ones. Um, it's up to you. I think that this interview is. I could say it goes either way. I feel like I'm so terrible at like knowing exactly about like myself to answer. I don't know. I could I could make a simple question deep. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is very true. Um your relationship to your body and your health? Hmm. I believe that, like, body and health and physical and emotional health are all tied to, like, overall spiritual well-being as well. Um, so, I'd say that, like, Overall, I think that making sure that, like, I'm getting enough sleep, eating somewhat healthy overall, and, like, feel good and happy with, like, my physical body and limbs and stomach and head and everything. Um, affects how I'll feel somewhat emotionally and spiritually too. So, um, I generally try to, uh, do everything in moderation. Mm. I eat moderately, I exercise moderately, <laughs> I am a little extreme in that I don't, I don't, uh, partake of any substances that I feel like are recreational. <laughs> um, That's a good way to put it. But then I also, like, think that it's really important to try new things too. So, mm. making, making, like, your body's experience with activities in life is like a constantly like you get into like a habit or routine but like constantly challenging it with like new things is really important too um there's this like uh diet that one of my co-workers started that is like I don't know if there's a name but like it's the idea is to like recalibrate your your mind connected to your stomach connection to the stomach um to like a more basic uh palate and you like kind of restart it by just eating plain potatoes for two weeks just that no salt no oil um and that kind of interests me in like the idea of like having 
a ritual where you like kind mm-hmm. of excuse me restart or reinvigorate your idea or like how you feel about something um he said that after doing that he would like eat something and like realize oh this is really salty or Mm. really sweet Mm. and as somebody who really enjoys all of those things it's it's interesting to think of like being in control of how your body thinks or feels about those basic tastes Wow. Um, that's interesting to me. Sorry, last interruption, but you gotta try this. That's this one. Get some first, you got some last. I'm so sorry, I'm ruining this. Here, try this. Whoa. It's got persimmon. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. We're done, we're done. Oh, really? This has been Interview with Jessica Lee and guest star Logan Hone bringing fabulous juices and ice cream. Thank you, Jessica, for the interview of your life. Thank you, Jessica.